Hello and welcome to the Eurovision Rewind podcast, the show where we take a retrospective look at the Eurovision song contests of the past and the years in which they took place. My name is Ellis, and the reason I'm doing the intro this week instead of Jonathan is because our recording got corrupted and that intro is gone. But not to worry, the rest of the show is still here, as are our esteemed host Jonathan and my fellow panelist Millen. Though it is possible you may hear me butt in a couple more times just to catch you up on some other bits of the show that were unfortunately lost. Thank you for tuning in, though. Most of the show is here, and it's really good, so enjoy. So if um, you couldn't tell from our creative intros, we are talking about the Eurovision Song Contest 1990. But yeah. before we talk about anything Eurovision, anything 1990, we're going to talk about our songs of the week. Who wants to start? Um, I can go on this one. My song of the week is... Um, not not so much a song well it, it i if if necessary can be a song of the week i've gone for more an album of the week on this one um because i do think that it is best consumed as a uh, a unit i've gone for flood by they might be giants hey, um, good one because it's jam packed chock full of some bangers it's it's, it's such a good lighthearted fun album that does a bunch, still some like really interesting creative stuff. And um, if you made me pick a song, I would go for Birdhouse in Your Soul. And um, you should go listen to it. And it's sound, it sounds newer than from 1990. That's mine. Lovely. I guess I'm, I'm inspired after hearing that. I kind of want to choose an album now, too. Um, <laughs> well, I'll choose an album, a song from the album, then another song that I've been kind of meaning to do as my song of the week for the past like three editions but anyway yeah um so i have chosen the album gala by lush which is a really great album and the risk of being kind of hyperbolic when i like first heard it like i don't know like i didn't realize that music could sound like that if that makes sense that sounds really pretentious (laughs) but like that's kind of i don't know that's the vibe it's very like swirly dream poppy shoegazy um yeah if I had to pick one song, it would be Sweetness and Light. The other song cool. that I would like to talk about is Absolutely Not by Deborah Cox. Familiar? I don't think I am. Please tell me more. I don't think I am, yeah. Um, yeah, I like just discovered Deborah Cox. She's like, I think she's a, like a very big deal in Canada. She's Canadian. And she's just kind of like a 90s, 2000s dance music singer. Nice. And song is a bop i discovered it from a canada's drag race <laughs> and awesome and um deep recommendation for me cool all right if we're going with uh albums then i guess i have to do flying lotus's cosmogramma oh. um, good choice yeah my uh let's see I'd recommend most of the songs on there, but my favorite might be Do the Astral Plane, song number 10, I think. Um, good stuff. Very, very much boundary pushing. Uh, all in all, a great fun time. And if I'm not recommending that one, my, my separate song by itself uh, will be... Yeah, I'll do... Oh, it's a very long name. Uh, Move in silence. Only speak when it's time to say checkmate by Lorenzo Senni. Um, mm-hmm. Good stuff. Very new. New artist. Uh, maybe not new artist, but new album at least. Um, pretty fun. Very danceable. 
a little bit glitchy. All good cool. things. Yeah. All right. So are we ready to get into the, the year in review? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I think so. Um, so I didn't really do a traditional year in review. I instead have chosen to give a brief history of communism in Eastern Europe. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Because I feel like that's important to understanding the context of this contest. I also like curated some fun facts about 1990 in general. So I'll be getting to those too. But um, yeah, so um, if you do not know, Eurovision Song Contest 1990 was held in Zagreb, present-day Croatia, formerly part of uh, Yugoslavia, the Socialist Federal Republic of. And um, yeah, this was a really weird time in Eastern Europe, and I will explain that now. So um, in 1987, three years before this, uh, Gorbachev introduced uh, like a... What was the leader of the Soviet Union called? I almost said president, but that's not right. Premier? Uh, Premier seems right. Okay. But um, yeah, everyone knows who Gorbachev is. But um, he introduced the Perestroika and Glasnost, which were policies that restructured Soviet economy and communications. And and that was considered by many to be the start of the Soviet Union abandoning abandoning their oppressive communist regime in favor of something that more closely resembles democracy. And then two years later... Gorbachev and uh, U.S. President Bush signed the START One Agreement that de-escalated the arms race. That same year, the Soviets swore to stop meddling in Eastern European and Central Asian affairs, withdrawing troops from Afghanistan. In 1990, Gorbachev consented to the reunification of East and West Germany. Uh, December 3rd, 1989, Bush and Gorbachev officially announced the end of the Cold War at the Malta summit. Uh, outside of the um, Soviet Union and more in, in kind of sphere of influence uh poland and hungary became the first warsaw pact countries to negotiate competitive elections in 1989 uh, protests led to communist regimes in bulgaria czechoslovakia and east germany uh to fall whereas a violent uprising in which the head of state was executed ended communism in romania uh, this was in 1989 and in 1990 february the soviet communist party ended its monopoly on state power which led uh, many uh, countries to secede from the Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union was officially dissolved on December 26, 1991, so about a year and a half after this contest. In terms of some more Yugoslavian specifics, um, uh, the start of kind of the decentralization of Yugoslavia could be considered in 1974, which is when a new constitution was adopted, which scaled back the federal government's powers. Uh, and then in the 80s, there was general unrest among a lot of different groups in Yugoslavia for different reasons. Um, the ethnic. ethnic Albanian, what's that? Mostly ethnic reasons. I took a class on this. Yeah, so like the ethnic Albanians um, living in Kosovo wanted national so- sovereignty so they could get direct representation. And then it was a whole thing where um, the Serbs ha- were feeling nationalistic, and um, they, in the late 80s, they ended up um, reducing the autonomy of the provinces of Kosovo and uh, Vojvodina. However, they still kept their votes in the Yugoslav President's Council, which led to Serbia getting three votes combined with that of their faithful ally, Montenegro. So that was really four. So basically, 
whatever Serbia wanted, it happened in Yugoslavia, which obviously created tensions. Again, also, this is like a very like brief um, kind of recap of what happened. So like probably uh, gl gliding over a few things. Um, and then in the same year, in 1990 of January, the 14th Congress of the League of Communists of Yugoslavia was held, which kind of led to this significant uh, interaction between Serbian and Slovenian officials where they argued over policies surrounding decision-making. Um, Serbia insisted on direct representation, which would kind of just end up being only in favor of the populist, uh, the, the dominant population of Serbs in Yugoslavia, which caused Slovenia and Croatia to pose um, a different method that was struck down, which led to Slovenia and Croatia seceding, or not seceding entirely, but like they left the Yugoslav Communist Party. So there was no like cumulative Yugoslav Communist Party after January of 1990. Um, and yeah, and then in April of 1990, which is about a month or less before the contest ended up happening, the first multi-party elections were held in Slovenia and Croatia. And throughout the year, more elections occurred. And then like a whole thing ended up happening where like half of the provinces voted in people who were against Yugoslavia existing. But then a other ones like in Serbia and Montenegro voted in people who were pro-communist. So it ended up creating a lot of conflict that happened after 1990 but um yeah that was kind of the situation in 1990 which is really strange that like something like eurovision was held in a country that was very kind of unstable and going through a lot at this point especially in croatia which had just kind of cut ties with yugoslavia as much as it could at the time i know that we are a eurovision podcast so it makes sense but i feel like we talk a lot more about geopolitical history than the average entertainment podcast, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. And like, I think that I'm glad that we do because I think that I always like to talk about like the year that things happened in because I think it's interesting to think about what these songs are like and what these contest contests are like in the context of like what was happening, you know? For sure. I think I, I was surprised to see that this took place in Yugoslavia in 1990. Um, yeah, for exactly the reasons that you stated there, um, I know. That... And also, like, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but also, like, they really turned it out. Like, that was a really oh, impressive yeah. stage. It was for I feel sure. Like, they, like, held no expense for a time when like ethnic violence was on the rise. Um, oh yeah, I am. I am impressed by their ability to put on a show. So <laughs> mm -hmm. there were there were yeah. some technical issues, which we'll get into, but. I'm I'm oh, yeah. I'm surprised that there was no uh what was the what was the contest that we talked about where there was like a, a bomb threat, I think. Oh right. I'm surprised that there were none of those, you know? Yeah. So there were um getting into controversy corner a little bit briefly, um or preemptively. There I, mean, I actually the thing now. kind of Let is me... controversy corner. <laughs> oh yeah, that whole thing was pretty much. But um in Yugoslavia, there was a general sentiment that like it shouldn't happen here because it was reported that four million pounds were being spent on production when the average Croatian wage at the time was only one thousand pounds per year. Oh, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, because I was gonna say, like, who who is in control of the the state broadcaster, right? Because these are these are all put on by like the national broadcasters or something. Yeah, um, I mean, so not, like a lot of them are like like I think that like the Yugoslav broadcaster was private broadcaster if such things existed oh, okay. in Yugoslavia. I don't know though. Yeah, but like, oh, yeah, but yeah, but um, in terms of some other general events that happened in 1990 uh this sri lankan civil war was still taking place president bush signed the americans with, with disabilities act world cup began in italy which was actually the first hd tv broadcast ever and west germany oh. ended up winning the cup uh, the gulf war continued tim berners lee began creating the world wide web the first Ew. mcdonald's in the soviet union and mainland china opened uh Mary Robinson became the first female president of Ireland. Margaret Thatcher, that big, fat, white, nasty, smelling, fat bitch, resigns as prime minister of the United <laughs> Kingdom. <laughs> Clean Air Act passes in the U.S. Switzerland finally received universal voting suffrage in this year. I was shocked. Oh, that. my God. That took a while. Who was, who was counted out before? Um, the canton of Appenzell Innerhoden had been holding out women's voting rights until 1990. Jesus. My God. Oh, my God. I thought it was absurd. Um, you neutral bastards. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, um, the first constitution of the Republic of Croatia was adopted in December, so it's funny because, like, they were hosting an event in Croatia where they tooted outed. Is that a word? <laughs> touted. Yeah, touted. Where they touted um that grab as a Yugoslav city, but then like six months later, they had their own constitution. Very interesting. Um, also, communism fell in Albania this year. Cool. Awesome. Neat. That's quite... Yeah. That's, this is quite the year. And I know I say yeah. that almost every year. Yeah. I feel I think like that this is quite burden. the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess we're ready to get into the contest, unless you, you guys have anything else to say about 1990 at large, or... Communism. <laughs> uh, I can't say I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. To, I'm good to uh, get started. All right. So before we get into the songs, we do have some fun facts and controversy corners to get to. So um, hosts of the show quit at the beginning of the rehearsals after the press insulted their ages. Oh my god! Oh wow! They're briefly. The same hosts that we saw, like, did they come back? Yeah, so they were briefly okay. replaced by two much younger hosts, but apparently the broadcaster mended things with the original ones, and they ended up coming back. <sighs> I really, I would not have minded if they just hadn't come back, because I didn't think they were very good, but... Yeah, you know. So it goes. <laughs> I feel like I didn't think hosts they were normally that good. Yeah, I don't think the hosts are really the the stars of the show, you know. Yeah. Unless you have like truly exceptional stellar hosts, um, who were the ones in 2016, I think, who wrote "Love, Love, Peace." Yeah, Peace. I feel like yeah. seeing Petra and Mons has like ruined yeah, everything every, because everything like else kind of looks it's bad not what hosts are really supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, hosts I, are not there to to be good. <laughs> They're there to introduce the songs. Yeah. Um, also, um, in fact, this was the first contest to implement an age rule. 
Oh. Oh, uh, hey. Good. Yeah, this was done because on of 1989. What's that? On the lower end or the upper end? The lower end. Okay. <laughs> um, that would be kind of... It would be partnering with, with the host. Yeah, no, that wouldn't work. Um, <laughs> um, this was done after... Um, there were complaints about two of the performers in the previous contest being 11 and 12 years old. Oh, so, no. <laughs> yeah. So um, from 1990 on, no artist under the age of 16 could perform on stage. There was like a slight exception because one of the performers like this year turned 16 like uh, two months after this or something. And they made an exception because this was a new rule. But um. Yeah, no one under the age of 16 can compete at Eurovision. Still a rule. Awesome. That's, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, I think it's for the best because I think it's kind of like key to make children compete in an event like this. And it kind of makes me question like their like, free will in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, um, I have a question. Yeah. You may be getting to these, uh, but just in case. Two things. Mm. Eurocat. Oh my god! I don't yeah, even know what, what that was up about. with this. What's he all about? Have, <laughs> yeah. So for, have for no context, idea. for context for listeners, after the um, like after your obligatory Yugoslav is Yugoslavia is pretty sizzle reel at the start. We are introduced to it was really a, long too. Yeah, oh, all of the cards were super long. Yeah, like the runtime of the entire performance or the entire contest was, I think, two hours or something close. And the first like three quarters were performances. Yeah, yeah. Um, but after after the sizzle reel, we are introduced to Eurocat, who is this mm-hmm. like weird purple pink panther knockoff, um, who, as far as I'm aware. It has not stuck around. <laughs> no, um, I don't even think that. I think this was the only time that there was ever a mascot of the Eurovision yeah. Song Contest. I don't and know, so, man. I feel like they could have. I feel like there's potential there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess, but like, I'd like to see it like how the Olympics do, where there's new yeah, every year. Oh, I like that. Olympics. 2018, 2016 Olympics were pretty good. And then like, what's your next question? Oh. Well, I mean, Ellis, were you going to say anything more? Oh, no, I was just going to say there. What, what, I just, okay, Eurocat, sure. He's in all the postcards taking a picture. It's weird. How many weird noises? Canonically, yeah. he, he broke noises. down the Berlin Wall. At one point, one he is yet. shaving with a uh, electric razor that is plugged into a windmill. Mm, nice. <laughs> <laughs> he did do Netherlands? That. No, wait, yeah. they weren't in this one. Were they? they yeah, were. they were. Oh, yeah, they were. They were. Yeah, never mind. Um, and then secondly, the symbol for this, it's usually a heart or lips. This one looks like an E. E for Europe. There was a symbol? Oh, yeah, there no, was the a logo. The logo. Oh, it looks kind of like lips. It looks kind of like lips, but it's also like an early era Internet Explorer icon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, My read it is. on it. My read on right. it was that the um this this is the E that the lips were then based off later, but I don't know how true uh, that is. That could be. That could be. Oh, speaking of the Berlin Wall, I probably should, I don't know if I mentioned this, but um, yeah, 
they said Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall, and then they did in <laughs> fall of 1989. It this was, was the first. Easy. <laughs> it is that easy. Yeah, Ronald Reagan said, I need it done, and uh, that's all it took. <laughs> said Mr. Gorbachev um, tear down this wall, and then Mr. Gorbachev was like, Oh, right, I was gonna do that on Tuesday, and then I forgot. Oh, shit. Thank I, I was just really, me. I was really just waiting for the go ahead from you, Mr. Reagan. I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh. so this was the first Eurovision without the Berlin Wall, which ends up playing into a lot of the songs, actually. Nice, let's get into it. Yeah, okay, so. Starting off the contest, in the first slot, we had Spain. This was Bandido by Azucar Moreno. Okay, so what the fuck happened? Um, um controversy cause, corner. Yeah, right away. Controversy corner. So like lights um, came up, and then music huh? started playing, and then they like started to perform, and then stopped and walked to the back, and were like yelling at someone, and then it stopped, oh. and then started again. That's right. I will say. Um, uh, there were clearly some technical difficulties there. Maybe it was like a live performance thing that I don't know. But the two main performers walked from like behind the orchestra area onto the stage, clearly confused. One of them looks very annoyed at the other. They both storm <laughs> off the stage. And so it's just the members in the band who are standing behind them just standing there. And then at one point, the guitar, the dude who's playing the guitar starts moving, I guess, because what else are you going to do? <laughs> he just he starts doing his little dancey dance on his own. Yeah, he was, he was like... still like feigning his guitar playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, sorry, yeah. Jonathan, what, what, what? Yes. So, um, and there isn't really much to say. It was just a, it was just a technical mishap. The tape technician played the, he started the tape halfway through song. <laughs> So, um, yeah, once they kind of realized what was happening, the two performers walked off stage, which then led to, as you guys said, everyone to kind of just stop what they were doing. Then the guitarist kind of started to strum and then did a little dance. And the tape he stopped for a while. The audience clapped. Yeah. That clap was so awkward. <laughs> yeah, and then a painfully long time later, um, the tape started at the right time. And the performance went. It was pretty good, to be honest. I it was a really rough start, but um, it ended up going pretty well. I thought. Yeah, they they handled that one like a champ. <laughs> it's the thing is though, when they did eventually get started, it was bad. I didn't think so. I didn't oh, think so either. I thought it was. I thought it was really kind of atrocious. They were both off like they were both off key 
they both sounded super strained like 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 they were struggling to get enough air out which was weird um the backing track sounds like the game corner from pokemon <laughs> i've just never like... played pokemon but for some reason that feels very right <laughs> the it was just like it was weird and felt cobbled together and like very confusing and uncomfortable i was not a fan I read it very similarly, but with a different interpretation. Okay. I saw it. I saw their kind of strain as, or their vocal strain as uh, this intensity to their performance. It was yeah. full of energy. It was like a punch in the face, you know? Yeah, I didn't think it was it really intense. good. It was really, it was very intense, as I think the best way to describe it. And it was also because of their singing dramatic beyond what the like the basic dance rhythm would kind of indicate um it was also a very uh a very obvious flamenco influence in the in the musical stylings there um, yeah but the the vocals it, at times kind of sounded like some uh as, some elements were borrowed from kind of islamic music traditional islamic music it makes sense for Spain. Yeah, I actually, uh, that brought the question: uh, How much music culture survived the Inquisition? But that's that's a question for perhaps yeah. a thesis, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think like give them the credit of starting off on the wrong foot, and I uh, and then I saw it as this not powerful as in moving, but powerful as in lots of energy and power if you will um i thought it was a very good way to start the show yeah i think that yeah, when you said like punch in the face i like i felt that <laughs> like i thought that um yeah I, I i echo everything that you say i think um bring up that this has a lot of flamenco influences i think that's important to note because i feel like this might be one of the earlier examples of the sort of ethnopop thing that Really dominated in the 2000s and like and I, I think that this song and a song that's going to come up later do a really good job of combining traditional sounds with temporary dance music yeah i don't know they have great stage presence um their, their dancing is kind of weird um oh it's, it's very weird. bad <laughs> and it, I, they're, bad, they're... But they do, it, do it really confidently though which if you do anything confidently it looks good yeah <laughs> Yeah, I I just I really don't understand how this sounds how how I I I just listen to it and it it just sounds bad. <laughs> like the the singing just sounds bad and it really The vocals is just aren't like... perfect. I think I think the oh. problem is that like they're both singing the same note and they're not harmonizing at all, which if anyone is like i think that there are parts where they're slightly off from each other but i wasn't super bothered just because intensity was still there and the passion was still there and i think that's one of the biggest those two things are the big draws of the song for me yeah i yeah i like i think i would i would see those more if i wasn't so focused on they sound they like they sound out of tune they sound like they're over singing it they sound like they're like straining their throats like i i don't know i didn't think this was good well then, I'm I'm kind of, I feel like this is a top ten song. 
Where where are you putting it, Dallas? I I'm gonna okay. So a little bit of the spoiler. I really thought this year was kind of dreadful overall, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so as a consequence, I don't really have a top ten because I was like I was going through these after I watched it and legitimately struggling to find songs that I enjoyed. So I don't have particularly rankings outside of a couple. I didn't think this song was very good. Did you like the clapping though? You remember that part, the clapping interlude? Oh, that was that, that, was, cool. that was cracking me up. The guitarist, I will say, was cracking me up because I think was he great, was yeah. it, I think he was giggling about the restart um which I thought was funny. But he was like he was he was he was cracking me up. Mm-hmm. Dylan, do you have any idea this, where this one might place? Um, you said you said top ten. Yeah. I did say top ten. I don't think I have any clue where in there. I'd imagine closer to the bottom, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be entirely surprised if this were like at number five, maybe maybe number four. I can't see it going higher than that. All right. So that was Spain, and now it is Greece. Song number two, which was Poriscopo by Christos Kahlo and Wave. I don't really remember this one. Yeah, this one was... <laughs> this, truthful. this is the Mighty Mighty Mullet. If you've Holy ever played, cow. If you've ever played Club Penguin in a fishing game, uh, you, <laughs> you fish for a bit, and you catch, you know, your regular fish. It's all good, all good times. And then, in the background, eventually, a, a very large fish starts swimming by. And you have to prepare for this very large fish by catching one of those other fish and keeping it on your line and using that as bait. And that fish is called the Mighty Mullet. I think that this man was uh, perhaps the archetype of a mullet wearer. He, (laughs) um, He is the person that you would point to and say, hey, I want that haircut or... Hey, I don't want that haircut when describing a mullet. It's really an incredible mullet. It, this is like really this strong. Is, this is peak mullet right here. All these like 2020 quarantine mullets are <laughs> are mere God. shadows of this. They could yeah. never hope to achieve. Really? They could never hope to achieve the strength, ferocity, you know, raw sexual energy of this mullet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Not a raw sexual energy. Oh. Um, but I, th- this is also our first instance of some truly horrendous fashion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. This guy's suit is so ill-fitting. It's, I like the jacket, though. I would like the jacket if it was six inches shorter. It's so... 
his jacket and his pants are so long. They make him look so short. It's just, just really a little bad. man getting dressed for the day. Yeah, it's getting like the two thousand. Oh God, what was it? Um, it's like the two thousand three NBA draft class. There's this this great image that I'll send to you guys right now of the two thousand eight. The like the 2000 NBA 2003 sorry NBA draft class and they've all just got these terrible terrible suits and this is clearly the in in the 20 year fashion cycle this is that and it's really <laughs> bad honestly some of these look like uh, a type of Indian dress and <laughs> the dude in brown specifically looks like yeah it was pretty funny. yeah. Your, when your suit jacket is so long that it looks like a it looks like a skirt, you gotta either commit to that or fix your suit jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, his pants, like what? Oh my god! What? Yeah, they were like up to his nipples. Like, don't do what do you? <laughs> yeah, I just don't understand that. Yeah, this is unfortunately not the last time we're going to be ripping into some fashion. Oh, oh but for sure. Do you see the backing vocalist, the they woman who has the the stunning sequin oh, never mind. suit? Okay. <laughs> Do you mean the purple one? I think it was purple. Uh, it's like reddish, I think. Yeah, oh, okay. I see it now. That's fashion. Oh, that is fashion. That is more fashion than anything else on this show. Yeah, the fashion was a little rough this year, but um like how we haven't talked about the song once. I was I gonna, think that's yeah. the, the song doesn't deserve to be talked about. There's nothing there. It was so vocal was good. I'll, I'll say that. I don't know, man. It was so <laughs> deeply weird. I think it like it it swung between ballad and pop song, but it never became a pop ballad. Um, and the backing vocalists, when you brought them up, I said, "Oh, they're terrible because they sounded horrific. They they actively damaged." The vocal performance, I think. It was just a weird... It was just a weird time. Yeah? Yeah. This is... Yeah. I guess I can't argue. So, like, bottom of the barrel? For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think we're done with this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, after Greece was Belgium. This was song number three. Macedomienne by Philippe Lafontaine. Just Talk about big pants. I was uh, before, just before anything. This guy looks like Bill Hader. That is my comment oh. for this song. Continue. I like it. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice that. But wait, let me take a look. Ooh, he does. Whoa. Um, quick fun fact that I found confusing. Um, according to Wikipedia, this guy refused to allow the song to be commercially released. In one of the few songs to never be commercially released, even in its own country, but that's not true because I found this on Spotify. <laughs> that's wild. Awesome. This dude's clearly got some stuff going on. 
This is a weird song. I think that you're going to disagree with me, but I like this. <laughs> I have no strong feelings one way or the other. I'm just like, this song is so immensely there. So I have no energy to fight you because I don't care about this song. It reminds me a lot of, um, like, The Police or, like, that song I just died in your <laughs> arms tonight or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was just thinking about that, too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I think, um, I think it's, like, I like the melodies. It's very minor key. Uh, I, I like the melody. I, I just said that. Um, <laughs> um... But I think it's kind of strange because it's called Macedonian, which means Macedonian woman, which this is apparently about his wife who's from Macedonia. The song sounds so eerie and unsettling that it's weird that it's about like this person that he loves. Yeah. Although I will say it is nice to have there's a a lack of minor key in this year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It stands so, out in a good way because of that. Out of all the sort of like slow man songs, this kind of stands out because of that. Yeah. I'm more with Ellis on this one. It, the only thing that this song did that was kind of interesting was uh, the pacing of the lyrics. It was a very uh, 80s influence yeah. there, but in a good way. But other than that, it didn't do anything. Like it didn't... I, I don't think it had enough of a presence or I don't think it made enough choices to kind of imprint on the memory. I feel like people will look back and say, all right, cool. I liked it, you know, but I don't think this is going to be, I mean, as far as voting goes, I don't think it's going to be near the top. As far as a song that I enjoy goes, that's exactly the same approach that I, I, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. It's there. It's a song. I'm sure it wasn't bad. I get that. Uh, also, I think the fashion is bad, but in a good way this time. Oh yes, I did like the orange suit. So there was it was like orange suit with green pants, which doesn't really work, but I think it's kind of funny and it's very like mass art student who thrifts all their clothes. Twenty twenty vibes. <laughs> I can't remember what year it was, but it kind of reminds me of uh, the eighties coming back song that Estonia did. Oh, oh yeah, um, from two thousand three. I thought yeah, they yeah, were yeah. all dressed Similar like... styles. Were they dressed like... Uh, I thought they had the um, plaid and stuff on and like suspenders. Some of them did, but then some of them also had... Maybe. I don't know. Stuff like this and then... The the lead singer had something similar to this lead singer. Uh, I think, yeah. It's also so... not like a... It's not like a good green either. It's like a... It's like a it's like a pale Puce. pistachio green. <laughs> pistachio, pistachio. Is a good shout, actually, yeah. It is, yeah. It is. It shouldn't look as okay as it does. Yeah, that's definitely true. And all of his backing musicians are wearing purple. Yeah, I like that. Do too. Underrated color, in my opinion. Mm hmm. Um. So yeah. Uh, you all said how you did. Did Alice? Did you say how this one would place? Um, better than the last two. Hmm. All right. Uh, I think this will go in between Spain and Greece. Spain being the upper end. Um, I feel like, again, this is one of those songs where, you know, cool, why not? It's probably going to end up near the middle. All right. I think we're going through these really quick. We're already on song number four. 
which is from Turkey. This is Uzlerimin Hapsindayim by Kayahan. Um, right. Before we talk about this song, quick fun fact, Fjord. Um, Sir Tab Eriner, who won the Eurovision Song Contest 2003, yeah, uh, came sixth place in the Turkish national selection for this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't think she was that old. I was surprised. I, yeah, that. same. But this is a very Turkey entry. Um, Turkey yeah. is doing their Turkey things, and it's... The best song we've heard so far, definitely. Um, like it's, it's well executed. It's not the most exciting song in the world, but it's like I think the most interesting and the most well executed one that we've had up to this point. And then also the accordion player is putting so much passion into his accordion playing. It's really funny. Um, but yeah, this one, this one's fun. This one does the job. I disagree. Oh, <laughs> fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I was under the impression at first that it was uh, like his performance, and she was a backing vocalist for him. Uh, I see now that they're potentially a group. However, uh, she totally outshines his vocals and his performance as a whole. Like he's too quiet into the microphone and his voice is just not up to snuff with, I think the, the minimum bar for a song contest. Um, we were talking in the 1962 one about how every single voice there is like, you know, peak classically trained, beautiful, uh, excellent control. Um, and this year was certainly the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> not not always a bad thing, but I think in this case, when you have a subpar singer right next to uh, this other performer standing right next to him who is way, way better, and if you're under the impression like I was that she was supposed to be a backing vocalist, you would say, wow, that he shouldn't be on that stage. She also has a, a great voice for Turkish jazz. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know if yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah, like, she... I think she could have been on that stage on her own. He brought it, he brought it down. Yeah, and just... Um, Kayahan is, is just the guy. It's oh, it is group. just the guy. Okay, yeah. that's, okay, so then I was right. He shouldn't have been there. She was way yeah. than him. Yeah, and like my gut response when you said that was like... Oh, well, like, it's like, I don't know if this is like a super big vocal moment song, but like, I just listened to a bit of it and it, it's very clear that she is a much better singer and he does have moments where he does these kind of runs that don't really work because his voice is kind of weak. Um, that being said, though, I did like this one. This was, I thought that the melody was good. I liked, um, it was very acoustic jazz, like you guys were saying. 
I think that kind of makes it stand out in this year, and I enjoy that genre. Um, I think it does something interesting where in the past with Turkey, we've maybe problem isn't the right word, but like we've brought up the idea that sometimes we feel that Turkey sort of leans into these like sonic exoticisms and kind of plays into its own stereotypes only almost to its detriment. I feel like this song doesn't do that at all. It uses traditional Turkish sounds without them feeling gimmicky, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it's not if you compare it to as much as we love these songs, if you compare it to like Sufi or Every Way That I Can, it doesn't seem like it, it, it seems this seems more genuine than that, which I appreciate. Um and yeah, um I liked at the end how he kissed his guitar. That was really funny <laughs> to me. <laughs> oh, I missed yeah. that. Um I, I I took note of the lighting as well. I thought that the red and gold lighting worked really well for the song. Yeah. Yes. Definitely, yeah. Weird staging so got- this year, I'll say. Alice, what were your what thoughts? kind of staging? Weird. It felt like the path that performers had to take to get onto the stage felt very like awkwardly long. I I yeah. quite liked the stage actually. I thought it was cool. I thought I it was it a, a, a fun aesthetic. I think it was also really ahead of its time too, because it had an LED floor and it had an LED screen, which I don't really I don't think was a standard. LEDs, but yeah, <laughs> they weren't LEDs, but they were like video screens yeah. and video floor. Which I don't think was like a standard at the contest until the like late two thousands. Like, like if you think about it, like we cover the ninety eight contest that didn't have anything like that at all. Mm-hmm. So, trendsetters in Yugoslavia. Yeah, are there any comments before we get into the scoring? No, I think that's it. All right, how do you think this one will do? I think that this is going to do pretty decent. I like. I think it's good. I think it stands out in a, in the crowd and i think it's a overall fairly weak year and this is not that weak of a song so um i think this is going to do pretty well interesting i feel uh the exact opposite <laughs> <laughs> i feel like this song could have been so much more than it was because of his uh lack of vocal strength I think the song had the conviction, but he didn't have the soul to carry it through. Mm. Um, and mm. I think because of that, it's going to sink. I don't know. I don't not not too far. I hope uh, just because there are definitely worse songs on the roster. Um, but yeah, I don't think this is this is probably going to be in the bottom half. Yeah. Uh, all right. So after the or no, after Turkey was the the Netherlands with song number five, which was. Ich will alles mit Jedelen by Maywood. quite like this yeah i agree with you i'm i i agree with you 
I think the, yeah, the I... song, the song itself, is eh, but it sounds excellent. Is I guess my take. What do you mean by that? Like I think it was this, performed the, well. It was performed well. The orchestration is really good. The backup singers sound great. Like it, it, it sounds very full and very well performed. Um, and it makes the song better for it. All right, I'd that's, agree. That's cool. <laughs> I, I would like to talk I about. Was very dismissive when I said that. Sorry. No, you're. <laughs> I think we need to talk about the outfit. Yes. That is. It is some kind of hideous '80s sequin dude, nightmare that it. was really perfect, and I loved it. It was so. <laughs> it was so perfect for the performance. I also absolutely was floored by the fact that the lead singer was wearing this like show-stopping gaudy piece you know you can't get any better than that but also the pianist was wearing the same thing except she's like <laughs> hidden behind this piano and every you just see glimpses of it <laughs> glimpses of it every now and then when the camera angle is high enough like no one in the audience could see that dress I just wonder what the logic was, was for that. She was like, I will not play piano for your song if I don't get the same dress. <laughs> if I don't it. look just as bad as you, I'm not going on. This yeah, is a hot exactly. situation. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think the song, I will actually disagree with you, Ellis. I think the song is actually pretty good. I think it's very oh, powerful. I, I, it was good. I never said it was bad. I just think that the... But you said like, it was mediocre. Yeah. I well, I think it's mediocre in a different year, but in this year it gets pushed up towards a towards good. It kind of reminds me of like Shangri La, but slowed down from eighty eight. I was thinking that too, which makes sense because it's the same country. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I well, I think that the song itself had really good levels and good pacing, and it built on itself well. Um, and I think that as we'll see with the next song. Bad vocals can really ruin a song that should be good, and this vocal was impeccable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have the same notes, but like the orchestration and the instrumentation, like very good. I thought that the uh, the close up on the piccolo sax or not piccolo sax, piccolo um, trumpet was kind of funny. <laughs> Remember that I when don't they know did the if close I up? That. Did a close up on the trumpet player, or am I using the right word? I mean, the piccolo, piccolo trumpet, trumpet is definitely a thing, but I just yeah, missed. Or, I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it is a piccolo trumpet because I think a piccolo trumpet's really small, but a really, really small trumpet. Okay, yeah. Did it a close-up. Anyway, not important. I I don't know if I agree with you, Jonathan. I think the song sounded good. I think there was a very obvious um, 80s inspiration. Mm. I think it may have been too strong of a tie like i don't know if it's contemporary enough sure it's the 90s but i mean sure it's, it's 1990 so not that far off from the 80s but i don't know if it was kind of contemporary enough for the audience because it sounded very much like an 80s uh ballad thing it wasn't quite a ballad i don't know um i get that but honestly that's pretty much the only note i had for this one this like flew past me without really noticing so as far as ellis saying it was a kind of mediocre song goes uh i would i would have to agree uh because i did not think it was very memorable mm, do you think that europe will remember it or 
It'll no, be forgotten I, like it was forgotten for you. I feel like it'll be forgotten. There there are uh in the words of Riverdale, epic highs and lows later on. Um <laughs> and I feel like there's a, there's also a strong handful of middle middling songs. Um but of those, this one is probably the most forgettable for me. I take it you're with Melanellis. I, I do think this. I, I wouldn't. I. It's not the most forgettable, because like I, I do think that this is relatively good. Um, in the rest of the year, I don't like. I when I when I was running through my when I was running through the songs again after I'd watched it, I like this might just end up being in my top three. Um, but I, I think this one was wow, relatively fine. pretty good. So. Oh. All right. After the Netherlands, we had uh, Luxembourg's Céline Carzou with the song Quand je te rêve, song number six. All right, Does this it? is this is a song that I do remember because huh? her lips moved like they were in pain. I I don't know how else to describe what? it. Her lips were very much the center of focus on that stage because they were like this kind of bright red in comparison to her fairly white skin and black dress. And it's like Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. And something about them looked like they were in pain. Huh. Aside from that, she was also a very bad singer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it really sucks because, like I said, the song is good, I think. Yeah, it, it, it had a lot of potential. There's a lot of those yeah. songs, actually, where the song itself has good potential and then it's ruined by a bad singer. Turkey, Luxembourg, uh, some others down the way. I thought that um, yeah. the way that this, the performers were set up was kind of cool. It had, she was front and center, and then the two guitarists were behind her. Then there were two, like, keyboard players behind them, which I thought was kind of a cool, like, triangular setup. And they were all wearing black, and it was a very dramatic ballad, and I think that that worked well, too. So, like we keep saying, everything about this kind of worked except for her voice and her stage presence. See, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Because um, I thought that this, it, like, it was very confused, I think. There, it it felt like there were a couple different songs that were squeezed into this song. Particularly once you got to the last part of the song and then all of a sudden it picked up and, like, started going in double time and had more energy. And it's like, where was this for the entire rest of this song? Um, so, like, yeah, I don't know if this song knows what it wanted to be. Yeah, and I think it, I, I, I see that. And I think also parts of it seem, I don't know. The, it's hard to classify this song's genre, too, because I think that the beginning starts very, like, synth pop ballad, but then it sort of turns into almost like a metal ballad. It's weird at the yeah. end. Yeah. 
it's it, i yeah it's just like what is what what's going on here what what is this song who are who is yeah. the singer well is i did like it i i definitely see that it was a lot of aspects of it were very confused and that didn't really that might not have worked yeah all right considering this confusion how do you think that this one will fare <laughs> low yeah. i gotta agree i thought this was kind of dreadful see speaking of dreadful <laughs> yep. is the united kingdom song number seven give a little love back to the world by emma This is bad. This is trash. Really? Trash, this is, I thought. Wow. This is just so bad. The fashion is oh, the atrocious. Awful. None of the dresses are the right length or the right fit or made well. Her hair, I can't. You know me? Her hair is fine. The backup singer's hair, hair is, is awesome. not. Her yeah, hair, her is, hair, her hair cool. is awesome. I love it. Her hair is awesome, but then you and then it and then it zooms out to a wide shot, and you see all three of the female backup singers have hair that has issues, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> and they're all wearing the blue version of her dress, which is still terrible because it's still awful and in a bad color. The two male backup singers look like they're from a completely different song. And That's then, what really gets me about this. Yeah, but then the song Male comes... backup. Oh, sorry, yeah, you go. Oh, sorry, I'm interrupting you. Um, but just real quick, the male backing vocalists are what really gets me, because, like, whatever, these outfits are ugly, but at least there's some cohesion. But with the male backing vocalists, it was just like, wear whatever you want, I guess. I. What is that? I mean, it's, it's they tried to stick to, like, within themselves, they clearly have a theme. Yeah. It's just vest. That's the theme. It's, it's white vest <laughs> over blue and yellow shirt pant. Pick your, pick your color. Yeah. That's a real loose theme you got there. Oh, God. <laughs> but then... The vests are different colors. Oh, yeah, you're right. They're kind of... <laughs> are they inverted? Are they inversions no. of each other? I think they are. No. Yeah. It might. It's not worth the, yeah, the no. brain power to work that out. The pants so like, match the best. <laughs> the shirt is the opposite, and then it's flipped for the other person. Oh man! And we haven't even talked about the song yet, which is like it's it it's it's like a discount version of "We Are the World," which is oh, already absolutely. a discount version of music. <laughs> <laughs> and you, like scathing, the scalding. Only, the only reason that We Are the World works is because it's, <laughs> what if we took all these big famous singers and stuck them on the same crappy song? But this one, instead of getting a bunch of big famous singers and sticking them on the crappy song, you have one singer and her five uh, five stylistically challenged friends on the same crappy song. Yeah, you just have 15-year-old Emma from Wales. 
<sighs> she doesn't really bring enough star power to, to bring this bird of a song back to life. Because this was the year they, this was the year they had the age limit, right? So how old was she actually? She was 15, but she was turning 16 later that year, so they let her. Oh, so she's the one that got grandfathered in. Yes. Oh my goodness. This is just so atrocious. Her vocal was bad. Her vocal was bad. However, I think that unlike uh, Luxembourg, which had bad vocals and then kind of swayed back and forth in a bad way and lost itself... I think this one, as elements were added, was able to find itself more as a song. Yeah, for what it's worth, this song does know exactly what it is. However, it is crap. <laughs> I think that I, I think that ultimately this song makes fewer choices and is much safer than Luxembourg's, which is why that is the case. Yeah, I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but the the male backup singer on the right looks like someone out of a '90s kids TV show. <laughs> no one in particular just generally i didn't i didn't hate this song as much as you guys did <laughs> i don't i don't even know what to say though i don't really know how to defend myself here i feel like <laughs> i feel like she does not work on her own but once you have the backing vocalists and or like singing maybe if they were not on stage that would be better um and the instrumental support from the orchestra, I think, I think this song delivers as a song, which is more than you can say for Luxembourg or some of the other songs down the line. Yeah, it, it is bad, but it is coherent. Yes. Yes, exactly. I also this thought it a... was okay. I don't think it deserves, I, I, I wouldn't say bad. I would say this deserves a middle spot. This is like a middling song that's not uh, that's that's more memorable, perhaps for the wrong reasons. It is more memorable. This is a rare uh, Eurovision Rewind occurrence where Ellis and yeah. I are in agreement and <laughs> Milton is at the center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about this before the show, actually. This is the first and last time it'll happen. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I, do you think okay. it'll be middling, Ellis, or... Oh, I think this is trending towards the bottom. This is one of the worst songs of the year, I think. However, 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 I would just like to point out that we have ourselves noticed a trend of UK undeserving UK second places. Oh, don't you put that no, evil. No, 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 Don't no, no, you no, put no. that evil on this contest. I'm not giving this I'm not saying this is second place, but I am thinking it'll get a UK bump. That's that's a fair point. It's good. I guess yeah. It probably will overperform. I think there's that's no way this isn't in the top ten somewhere just because of. Well, I, okay. I think it's a middling song, and then it's gonna get that bump. It's gotta be in the top ten. I don't think so. I think it's this low. This is not in that. But mm. I I I can't agree. But I sure we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm ready to move on. I am too. This next song. All right, Mr. so we are talking Iceland, song number eight, which is Eight Leg In by Stjornin.
This dude looks like Carrie Elwes. Oh, you're right. He looks so much like uh, that dude from The Princess Bride. He's less handsome than Carrie Elwes. Do you say Carrie Elwes? They look very similar. No, I don't act. I don't actually know how to pronounce his last name. Pretty sure it's Elwes. I don't know. Elwes? Yeah, Elwes. Whatever it is, he's less handsome. That said, I I think they look shockingly similar. (laughs) I I think they do too now now that you mention it. Okay, please continue. Can I be so bold? Yeah. Can I be so bold to say that this is good fashion? I think you would be too bold. You would be too bold, but it uh, it is closer to good than most of the fashion on this show. It is a bit of a quinceanera dress. Yeah, I said quinceanera dress looks like it's made out of Twizzlers. Oh. <laughs> 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 it's the, the Project Runway goes to a candy shop for the unconventional <laughs> challenge. Oh, yeah. Um, that's funny, actually. We should totally do a Project Runway series. Oh, <laughs> that would be wicked oh, fun. And that would be really funny because I've never seen Project Runway, but you two have. It would be like... Shocking. You would love it, actually. Let's do that. Um, yes. But yeah, I. This song, I will say first off, Yamaha DX7 sighting. That's very. <laughs> that's very exciting. And then second off, this song feels to me of a similar vein as Come On Eileen and Build Me Up Buttercup. Oh, yeah. I see that. Yeah. Like pop song with guitar lick kind of thing. Yeah, and it's kind of yeah. like doesn't entirely feel like a real song, but not necessarily in a bad way. And they they're like similarly bouncy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I guess this was like a trend in Scandinavian pop music at this time because this reminded me a lot of um. Remember Hot Eyes from nineteen eighty eight? Nope. <laughs> I do. A pregnant lady from Denmark. Oh. Sure. <laughs> it was very it was very similar and then Denmark ended up sending a song later in the night for this year that was pretty similar to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess like swing influenced guitar pop was a thing back then. <laughs> yeah. With the oh, Yamaha DX seven. Yeah, I guess so. I thought this was kind of fun though. I thought it was too. Um, Are we all in agreement on this one? Yeah, I think it's like so. non it's not controversial fun. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I I don't know this is another this is one like I think were you to put this in a different year, I don't think I would like it as much. If you were to put this in a better year, I don't think I would like this as much. But that said, in the like Particularly, this is this is the eighth song of the night, and it's the first legitimately fun song. Uh, so this was yeah. a a lovely breath of fresh a lovely breath of fresh air in that um, in that sense. I I one hundred percent agree. This was like even within the song, I think they made some good writing choices that allowed for for you to kind of refeel that breath of fresh air quality. Like the bridge was pretty short but it did a lot for the song as a whole um great use of horns in this you know i'm always a fan uh he loves a horn I, i'm some might say i'm horny hey yo hey yo <laughs> call that beep, a beep, beep, beep. Call, 
call that a meme? <laughs> okay. Uh. I will say my one complaint about this song, my two complaints about this song, it's a little bit generic. Like you mentioned two other pop songs that sound or that are reminiscent of this one. Uh, and two Eurovision songs. Yeah, and two, like, it's a little bit samey. Um, and also, something was up with the microphones, I think, because for the first, like, half of the song, the women's voice, whenever they would sing together, was, like, way louder than the guys. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's funny. Yeah, they fixed it at the second chorus, but it, it seemed like another technical issue, or maybe he just wasn't singing directly into the microphone or something. I don't know. It was weird. Um but yeah, this is definitely close to the top for me. Hmm. Harry Elwes also gets some points for this one. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think she he was a better singer than she was, but she had better stage presence than he did. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They work together well. Yeah. So do you think that? Do you agree that this one will trend toward the top, Alice? Yes, I do. Um, this was this was one of my one of my favorite songs of the night. I do think this is going to trend towards the top. Lovely. So after Iceland, we had song number nine, which came from Norway. It was Brandenburger Tour by Kettle Stokan. kind of a mess what is happening in this song it was so all over the place let me tell you you know what this is about what tell me fall of the berlin wall you know it hey yo first berlin wall <laughs> reference that's very cool <laughs> I, i'm sure everyone was overjoyed at that um i said that this was forced weak and repetitive it was it is so... all three yeah, this was it was never uplifting enough to be happy and hopeful and it was never like minor key enough to be sad and depressing and it was never fast enough to be a dance pop song and it was never slow enough to be a pop ballad it was just Confused. it was none of these things yeah no I have also, written like the first thing I wrote down was I truly cannot tell what this song's deal is <laughs> I I was also confused by his uh, bolo tie without the tie. What like he just had like yeah, a buckle on his neck. That. that was weird. His outfit, if you were to take a silhouette, would look like MC Hammer. Cropped suit jacket. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? I love that part, honestly. Like he he looks like if you if you had an MC Hammer paper doll and just put a tuxedo on it. It's absurd. <laughs> Speaking of MC Hammer, I forgot to talk about the charts, and he was in them. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> was it Can't Touch This? You know it. Amazing. Yeah. You think MC Hammer had other chart success? <laughs> I mean, I think he deserves it. He's an icon. Yeah. I'll shout he's out an icon, to, uh... he's a legend, and he is the moment. Come on now. <laughs> For those pants alone. Too legit to quit? Do you not know that one? That's MC Hammer? 
Yeah, that is MC Hammer. I will sure? uh, shout out sure. shout out to um Todd in the Shadows on YouTube who has a great uh a great train records episode about MC Hammer's The Funky Headhunter. What? He put out <laughs> MC Hammer tried you know, to make I'm, a, game, I'm reading a gangster rap. So wait, too legit to quit. He was credited as just Hammer. Oh. Interesting. Maybe think it was a different person, but it's the same person. Nah, too legit. Weird. Too legit to quit. Hey. 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 It was seven minutes. What? <laughs> too legit to quit is seven minutes, 12 seconds long. <laughs> Damn. The... That, that's how long this Norwegian song feels. <laughs> hey, we're getting back to we're talking it. about that. Yeah. Um, we're right. talking about his fashion. His. I okay. Honestly, I would totally wear that jacket. Like if if it had elastic on the bottom, kind of like a you know the the eighties like women's tracksuit or thing. like a bomber. Uh, yeah, yeah. It would that would be amazing. The yeah. fact that it's not is so weird. So weird. He really is wearing yeah. hammer pants, huh? I just You're saw wearing, that. He really yeah. is. Also, like, what is what even is his hair? His it hair looks like, looks like, like an like... amateur woodcarver <laughs> went at his head and uh, you know made quote unquote hair. Yeah, it looks like um, his like... hair drop off from his left side to his right side. <laughs> yeah, it it's looks almost like conceptual. Like... <laughs> yeah, you know how like male dolls have hairs made of plastic. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> yeah, fragrance eau de hair. <laughs> from the what? eyebrows up he is a ken doll yeah pretty much um but yeah the song so was... disconnected and dumb and bad I, oh, okay also so... sorry the female backup singers are wearing yeah. salmon suits i was about to say that very same thing i think that was pretty cool. rough not gonna lie i like him they're better like, than they the kinda... men's they're, they're kind of styled well, low-key. Yeah, they are. Like, the cuffed uh, sleeves on those. I like how the cuffed and, like, the cuffs on the sleeves match, like, the kind of, like, crop tops that they're wearing under it, yeah, which I like. It's, dude, good times all around in the back. In the front, however... Well, except for the in... guy's ponytail. Oh. I don't like the how their dude. shoes are black, though. Uh, Women's shoes. Mm. Yeah. That's true. Kind of don't go with the whole thing. Very, very small, very minor. This whole thing didn't really go with the whole thing, so I think we're fine yeah. nitpicking. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. No, 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 no part of this performance goes with any other part of this performance. <laughs> that's factual. Is this the Apricot Stone of the Year? No, because the Apricot Stone was all about staging. It, it was, it was coherent as a song. It was just deeply concerning at like the cost <laughs> of props on the stage. You know, yeah. this song was all, it, it followed the same exact path and went nowhere. And it never, like, I don't, I don't even want to say it was all over the place because it's not like it jumped around between styles and pacing and whatever. It stuck to the same thing and completely failed to deliver. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You think that Europe will see that? How, but, yeah. <laughs> I don't think yeah. you I don't think you can not see that. Like this is this is low. Also like who I really 
it, it does seem to me that writing your song about the fall of the Berlin Wall is just going to come across as so blatantly pandery. Well, it's, <laughs> we'll I see. don't know. Yeah. So do you think that, well, do you think that that means that it'll do bad? I mean, I feel like I'm saying every song is going to do bad, but yeah. I I like <laughs> who's who 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 is going to enjoy this song? If you want to find out, you should tune in next week to part 2 of our rewind on the 1990 Eurovision Song Contest because that is the end of this episode, which is part 1 and that is how parts work and I really should script these outros. <laughs> If you enjoyed the show and you want to catch us on social media, you can do so at Eurovision underscore Rewind on Instagram and on Twitter at VocabGumbo. You can also check out our website, which is VocabGumbo.com, for a link to both of those places, as well as a link to our Patreon, which is Patreon.com forward slash VocabGumbo, where you can submit a couple bucks a month to our account. Submit is not the right verb for that, but... You can chip in a couple bucks a month. You'll get some bonus episodes. You'll get some 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 bonus content and maybe some Patreon perks. I don't know. You'll I do know. I wrote the perks. They're on the Patreon. Just go look at it. <laughs> um uh, I should I should record these intros when I'm more awake. It's too late. I need to stop recording this so that I can render this episode and put it up. If you're still listening to this, bless your heart. <laughs> Tune in next week. We'll 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 see you then. You're listening to Vocab Gumbo for Jonathan and for Mill and I'm Ellis. Goodbye.